Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse, and welcome to episode 107. Uh, first off, a big uh, thank you to, uh, for everyone who listened to uh, last week's episode. I did a kind of a promo of uh, my next uh, event that I'm going to be holding in Toronto, the Millennial Money Meetup. And uh, I'm hoping that I'm going to see a bunch of you listening uh, there because that event sold out in five days flat, which is crazy. And I I still have a ton of people on the waiting list. So uh, I hope to see some of you there. And thank you so much for your support. Um, So for this episode, I'm really excited to share my interview with a very motivational, inspirational entrepreneur, uh, millennial entrepreneur. Her name is Cody Sanchez. And she has done a ton. Not only does she currently still work uh, full time in the uh, investing world, so she uh, really knows her stuff when it comes to money management, but she also is an entrepreneur with, uh, you know, she started a business. She's also an influencer. She's a speaker. She's, uh, you know, crazy on Instagram. So uh, we talk a lot about just her journey from, you know, and and also just like the whole kind of uh, theme of this episode is trying to make it, especially as a woman and you know we're dealt with so many obstacles and you know a lot of it are just self-imposed you know we have a lot of self-doubt we don't feel like we can do it believe me these are things that I've struggled with all my life and same with Cody which was actually kind of nice to hear because she's accomplished a ton uh in her you know young life she's still very young and she's done a ton of stuff so I really know you're gonna love this episode and you're gonna feel uh super inspired so I'm gonna shut up right now and uh let you you listen to that interview with Cody. Thank you, Cody, for joining me on the show. I'm excited to chat with you. The pleasure is all mine, Jessica. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. You are a woman that has done a lot of things. You're very impressive, I've got to say. <laughs> you've got a lot of things you. on your your list that you've checked off, which is super cool. Um, but before we kind of get to all of the things that you're doing now, I would love to know kind of what your backstory is. I know, you know, you, you didn't come from, you know, a wealthy family or anything. You went through the public school system. So how you know, kind of did you do that? And I mean, you know, that's just like me, middle class family went to public school and everything like that. How did you kind of make that jump into this ultra entrepreneur? <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, um, I think what I, I've realized, and, and you're probably the same, but when I was growing up, I really didn't know any different. And I certainly mm-hmm. by no means did we have, you know, severe struggle. Um, my, I had two phenomenal parents, but you know, my father didn't have the opportunity to go to college. And mm-hmm. my mother was a um, special education teacher for 30 years. God bless her mm-hmm. soul. Um, she has extreme patience with children, which mm-hmm. I do not. But, um, and, and I, I didn't actually, when I was preparing for college and everything, I I never even really considered not going to the public school that paid largely for my, my college. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the difference that from what I went through, um, and what I did to grow my business and maybe what I see some others go through is there's sort of two characteristics that I think led me to where I am today, which Mm -hmm. is some modicum of success. And the first one is my, my mantra is really that I always have asked for what I wanted Mm -hmm. really always full period stop, no matter what, um, 
I try to stretch and ask for things that are beyond my means or maybe my abilities. And so, you know, growing up middle class and, and, you know, in journalism and knowing nothing about this world of international investments or business, which is what I do now, I just assumed I could do it. Mm -hmm. I always asked for what I wanted. And then I asked myself kind of an odd question. I said, well, what if it wasn't as hard as everyone else makes it out to be? Mm -hmm. What if you don't have to go to Harvard to make seven figures? You know, what if to be, you know, the youngest analyst at Goldman Sachs, I don't have to know, I don't know, everybody on the alumni committee. Mm -hmm. Um, What if it was easy? Then how would I do it? And I think those two questions that I didn't really realize were so fundamental to my life helped me build whatever life I've built thus far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seems like you had just this kind of natural confidence, like you, you know, like you didn't really second guess yourself. Do you know, like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, I, you know, um, I, I second guess myself all the okay. time, <laughs> to be frank. Um, but but what I've learned is I'm an avid reader. I absolutely love reading. Mm-hmm. And I love communicating with humans like you, with other people mm-hmm. who are finding what fuels them and trying to make it profitable and sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so I think more than not second guessing myself, I was just always curious and I couldn't help it. So I was always asking people like, well, what do you do? And why do you do that? And how do you do that? And well, hey, if like Sally over there can do it, I think I can do it too. Um, And if not, I'm just going to fake it until I make it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I remember specifically, I started off in the business at uh, what is now the second largest um, investment company in the world. It's called Vanguard. Mm -hmm. And I knew nothing about finance. I mean, I didn't know what a mutual fund was. I had no idea how to invest for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember walking in and everybody else went to an Ivy League, right, yeah. for this accelerated development program. Great humans, but I was woefully unprepared. And um, and I said to the the head trainer who was in charge of sort of determining it, you know, well, so, so explain to me, what are the backgrounds? What what are these other humans all about and why are they here? And she kind of explained it. And inside I'm getting really nervous mm-hmm. and I'm like, my palms are sweating. Um, and then she said, so why are you here? Where did you go to school? And, and I don't know, but I just said, you know, I think that where you go to school and where you're educated is really secondary to the questions that you ask every single day. So I said, I, I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room. In fact, I know I'm not, but I just try to ask as many questions and maybe I land on a good one. And it seems to have gotten me kind of far. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that next time <laughs> when yeah. I'm in an interview, just try like a different tactic. And that's probably what made you stand out is just, huh, she's different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. She's not wearing a suit, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe we'll hear what she has to say. That's awesome. That's so what like initially drew you to that finance world? If you kind of had this, it sounds like kind of an, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, what kind of drew you to that line of work initially? Sure. Well, in undergrad, actually, I um, I majored in journalism and political science and Spanish. My father's from Spain. And I, w- I actually spent a lot of time along the border, actually, south mm-hmm. of Arizona, where I went to undergrad. And in places n- nobody visits, right? These are border towns mm-hmm. like Juarez and Agua Prieta, and they're dirty, and they're, they're one river away, one chain link fence away from us here mm-hmm. in the U.S., um, but a world away mm-hmm. in the same vein. It's, it's kind of astounding. And so at the time, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a war correspondent. 
correspondent. I wanted to go like bullets flying and Cody telling the underdog story. And, um, and I wanted really nothing to do with finance. I didn't know about finance, but, um, I wrote this one story that won a couple of awards from the Howard, Howard Buffett foundation gave us a grant and, and we won the JFK award for journalism, not just me, a team of us. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget Jessica. Um, we, we spent weeks in this one mission along the border and, uh, the mission was for people who are left behind when they try to cross, you see what happens is when millions of people try to cross a border and they leave everything behind and they don't have addresses and they don't have cell phones and there's no emails. Um, if you're separated, how do you find one another, especially Mm -hmm. when, you know, you're illegally crossing. And so there's no police force to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the truth is you you don't find uh, the rest of your humans. And so all of these elderly people were getting left behind. They're called Los Abandonados. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote this one story that was just heart-wrenching about one such human who got left behind. Mm-hmm. And she was 90 and big, huge smile and no teeth and in this just awful, awful establishment. But, you know, ray of sunshine. We got all these awards and we came back and we gave her the award and teddy bears because she liked teddy bears and Mm -hmm. her name was Carmelita. And um, I remember she looked at me and I was all of 20, 19, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And she said, okay, Cody, this is amazing, right, in Spanish. Um, Now that America knows our story because you guys have won these awards, uh, they're going to help us, right? You know, you're going to find our family and you're going to fix it and you're going to get us out of here. And I mean, Jessica, I was like, mm-hmm. how did I not see this question coming? How yeah. am I so naive and, and un, you know, and not sensitive? And in that very moment, I realized like, it is not enough for me to tell the story that, in fact, um, if I want to make change, I can't stand by the sidelines and just be a reporter. I have to understand how these structures are created, how these problems created. And, and that led me to okay, so who has the power to change them? Mm -hmm. And how do you get power? And that led me to money. (laughs) And I sort of think if you can understand how money works, which is what you do as you Mm -hmm. share with humans how money works, the only freedom that we can have starts with financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And once we have that, everything else can flow. But until we understand money and what it does and how it leads to power, well, I don't know how much we know. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're speaking my language. <laughs> that right? is totally my kind of, you know, you've got a mantra, I've got a mon- mantra that's like money life balance. It's like when you really take control and educate yourself about money, the possibilities are endless and you can literally change your life and your your kind of destiny, your future. So yep, I totally, totally get that. So um, so what you uh, mentioned to me before I hit the record button that you are a partner in in international investment business. So how did you kind of, I guess, climb the ranks into this, you know, position of power where, you know, you, you kind of, you know, uh, reach that level that you're looking for? Yeah, well, I, um, so I, I work for an international investment firm and, um, and I head our business south of the border. Mm -hmm. Um, and how I, how I got there. So, so what I do first Mm -hmm. is I, I had a team, um, you know, that is, that goes around to institutions and sovereign wealth funds and pensions, and we sell investment products to, uh, to, to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
I have always been in some sort of distribution or sales or marketing. I just find communication fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I started off not having a huge huge direction, Jessica. I Mm -hmm. just, you know, I got into finance and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this rotational development program and figure out where they put me. And then what's the next step? And, you know, the next step was, this seems like I like the communicative side better than the analytical side. And so, you know, I found my way to sales. When I started getting strategic with it, so I started off at Vanguard. I got recruited to Goldman. Mm -hmm. Um, From Goldman, I went to another company called State Street. And now I'm at my current firm. And when I started getting strategic was when I was at State Street. And mm-hmm. there I um, I had stretched to get that job um, by essentially something I talk about on the blog mm-hmm. a lot, which is leveraging your strategic network. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially our generation, were such social network leveragers, right? Mm-hmm. Wh- which is great. And I do believe there's power in that. Um, but we we don't start usually with the people that we know and the and the network that we already have. When you're out looking for a job, typically the average human goes out to, you know, Monster. I don't even mm-hmm. know if that's where you go these days, but <laughs> some career website or some corporate website and you try to get a job sort of cold. Yeah. Um, and, and, or you go to your guidance counselor or your school or something. But, you know, if you think about six degrees of separation, which we know to be largely kind of true, mm-hmm. give or take a couple humans, um, that means that probably in your network, you have somebody that can help you achieve just about anything. It's just whether or not you're going around and leveraging that network and then also sort of like caring for it, like you would a little plant, um, mm-hmm you know, connecting with them consistently, staying in front of them, sending thank you cards, sending birthday cards. Um, And so that is how I climbed is I went to my strategic network, one of whom was the head of Deutsche Bank um, in -hmm. Chicago. And I told him that I wanted to move from Goldman to uh, where I sold domestically in the US and I wanted to go international and I wanted to go institutional. So I didn't want to sell sell to people like you and me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go B2B. and and he introduced me to somebody else who introduced me to somebody else who finally got me to somebody at State Street. And and the guy at first kind of told me to beat it. Mm-hmm. It was like, listen, you 22-year-old that knows nothing, who thinks she can sell in this game uh, internationally for us. And, and I just wore him down over like months and months of emails and pings and flew out to visit him and his team. And finally, he introduced me to a few other people and um, and the rest is sort of history. Wow. You're 22. That makes me feel really old. And like, I didn't <laughs> hustle enough when I was 22. <laughs> no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever too late. And it's always a mix of luck too. Yeah. Um, but are you kidding me? You know, I, what you're already doing, which I tell people to do all the time, but having a blog, having a personal brand, having your expertise out there. I mean, I'm amazed every day, Jessica. Like, why don't more people mm-hmm. do this? It's free. You could build a website in 24 hours yep. with Squarespace or Wix, costs mm-hmm. you nothing. Mm-hmm. And most humans don't do it. I don't get it. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's the fear thing. I think that's like, and I, I mean, I, I still remember when I was considering starting my blog five years ago. I'm like, oh, will anyone read it? You know, mm. I don't. And yeah, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like, oh, should I even try? And and it is safer to not try. Like at the end of the day, it's safer to not even do anything and just continue, you know, doing what you're used to and what you're comfortable with. And but uh, you know, kind of you know, what you're all about is not you know getting stuck or settling. Is really chasing 
you know, what you want. So I'd love to kind of talk more about that, like how you've kind of created this personal brand for yourself, you know, aside from, you know, being this awesome finance person now, um, you started your own business called Threads Refined, and you have this personal brand where you are kind of the, you know, a go-to person for, you know, uh, talking about entrepreneurship, especially for women. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my philosophy is sort of anytime I'm feeling too comfortable or complacent, I know I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so typically, you know, when something feels uncomfortable or when I get, I don't use the word fear a ton, but Mm -hmm. when I get anxious or have anxiety or something like that, that's when I go, okay, Cody, that means I actually have to do this thing that's making me uncomfortable. And I just, I have to lean into it. Mm -hmm. So every time I feel anxiousness or, or anxiety or fear, that, that is a directional movement for me. That means I know, okay, I need to do this. And if I don't feel it, if it feels comfortable or normal or complacent, I, I kind of tell myself, okay, that, that probably means that's not the right thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of become like a counter mantra to me. Um, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, something amazing sort of happens when you stretch yourself. But, I, you know, you're right in that I think most people don't do things for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One because, you know, where was the school in college that taught us how to self-analyze, mm-hmm. you know? Where, where was the school that said, who are you? What do you love to do? What do you get lost in? What could you do for hours and people wouldn't have to pay you and you would just be so deliciously happy? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody taught us that. Nope. So a lot of people don't know what their thing is. And then if you do know, it's exactly what you said. Man, it's scary to be a little bit abnormal. Mm-hmm. And so how do people get over that? You know what? I do not know. Do you have the answer? <laughs> wow. I don't know if I have an answer, yeah. <laughs> but I know that practice makes perfect. And so mm-hmm. I, um, you know, when I was first starting to mess around with social media, which was just under a year ago, mm-hmm. I had a real, um, I, I was kind of holier than thou actually about social media. Mm-hmm. I thought, Okay, what are all these people posting selfies and Twitter? Yeah, you're like, ridiculous. I can do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just thought this is there's no value here. Yeah. To be honest, like, what an idiot. Um, but I, I didn't really see the hard value in it. And so I, anytime I try to, I make a statement like that, I have to check myself. So I said, okay, so for 365 days, I'm going to post one thing a day no matter what, and I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started doing that, and then I started liking it. And one of the first things I did was seven days of fear-conquering exercises, mm. which is kind of a fun thing to do if you yeah. have Have you ever done this? No, I haven't. Okay. I like that idea, though. Okay, so this is kind of fun if you're a weirdo like I am. I am but, a weirdo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Okay, so um, you, you take like 10 minutes and you write down seven things that you're scared of. And I don't mean like spiders mm-hmm. or sharks. I don't like sharks, but I mean something like um, fear of failure, mm-hmm. uh, aging, um, embarrassment, um, quiet. I don't know. It could, could mm-hmm. be whatever it is. Um, so you write down these seven things and then you make yourself a part of social pressure, which means uh, you put it out into the universe. So on social media, you write a post that says, okay, for the next seven days, I'm going to do one post a day, um, one activity a day, and then post about it, conquering a fear. Mm-hmm. So my first one was, um, well, I'm, I have a really big fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so my first one was I, I posted about something that I, you know, definitely failed in, not in a cute way, mm-hmm. in like a gritty, real way. Um, and then the next day, you know, I realized another fear of mine was aging. And so I went to, you know, a, a senior mm-hmm. home and uh, brought over flowers and didn't know anybody, but just walked in and said if I could sit down and chat and chatted with a bunch of women about not just aging, but like losing your youth mm-hmm. and vitality and, you know, beauty or whatever we would call that. Um, and, you know, had some like beautiful conversations. But so anyway, so at the end of seven days, first of all, you'll be amazed. All these people around you will get interested in it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the seven days, you kind of realize that all the things you were scared of turn into the coolest things. Mm-hmm. Uh And then if you just practice that, I think life looks different. Yeah, no, I definitely want to try that. And it's so true what you say. And I feel like the only reason that I started a podcast was because I was deathly afraid of talking to people. I'm not even joking. I'm a huge introvert and talking to strangers, especially people that or people that I find so inspiring. And I'm like, Oh, look up to you. Terrifying. And but I knew it was something I needed to do for kind of to do the next step in my personal brand. Like I just knew that I needed to do it in my gut. And so I did it. And it was terrifying. And now I've been doing it for a year and a half. And it's been the most, you know, my favorite thing to do now. I love that. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Isn't it? (laughs) You know, I I just have started dabbling in podcasting, but it's a totally selfish venture because I do it because I think it's an opportunity to ask questions that would be totally inappropriate around a dinner table. Like Mm -hmm. you just get to get really deep and it's okay, right? No, I love that. That's what I love about podcasting is just, well, A, you know, meeting so many amazing people and really you get a a cool view of like, wow, there's so many special, awesome people in this world that you may not meet on a day-to-day on the street, but also, yeah, you get to ask questions that you may not in a normal context because it'd just be kind of, yeah, you can't just be like, so what are your goals and dreams and how did you become so successful. You can't really ask that, you know, to a stranger, you know, right off the bat. Absolutely true. 100%. So I want to uh, chat with you about um, the business that you started on your side. So I'm still kind of amazed, even though I sort of do the same thing, but I'm amazed when I find someone else who does it. You work a nine to five full time job. And you also have uh, a side business. So you're and and you're also on social media and you have a blog and you have a podcast. So you're a very busy lady. So how did you come up with the idea to start your own business threads refined? Well, that one was sort of uh, a a profit from my pain, I think. Mm -hmm. I uh, have to dress a certain way. And I, and I yeah. like clothes and dressing a cer- certain way because I'm traveling and meeting with, you know, professional and important people. And so, um, that is just part of something that I need to do, but it turns out that I just abhor shopping. I mean, it mm-hmm. is like, I, I'm, I might rather go get like a colonoscopy. Yeah. I don't, I don't like shopping either. It's so oh, stressful, right? isn't it? It is. And, and something about getting sold in that manner, I'm very sensitive to the way people sell because I think it's such a great skill and I don't like to see it poorly done. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, I don't like selling. I mean, I don't like shopping. Yeah. And so I went around looking for personal shoppers everywhere and I just felt like they were selling me something or they weren't very skilled, um, or, you know, they didn't really fit mm-hmm. 
the lifestyle that I had. And, and so I started this company with one of my friends here in Dallas because I wanted to have uh, a personal shopper, not at a crazy, crazy price, mm-hmm. um, who was aligned with my interests, which were dressing well, not necessarily having more clothes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I wanted to do that in a way that was super easy, just mm-hmm. like you go on, you know that they're not a crazy person coming to your house, um, and that they have a high level of skill. And so we couldn't find that anywhere, and so we created Threads mm-hmm. Refined. I would love this service. I would love, like, I honestly dream about someone picking out my outfits for me because I just don't care. <laughs> I know. But I know it is important because, you know, it's a representation of you and what you're all about. So that's awesome. You're exactly right. But you know what the thing is, is um, I was just writing about this last night. I, I, I really enjoy writing as a former journalist. And I am convinced that the, the most impactful thing that I've ever done in my career has actually been not going to, to grad school at, mm-hmm. at Georgetown, which is a good school, mm-hmm. you know, not um, getting the positions that I have or working at Goldman or doing some of these. It's, it's been starting other companies. Mm-hmm. It's been having a side hustle. And, and I think it's because when you think about any sort of um, big, huge, amazing thing, that we've done in the history of, of mankind. And, and you could say this maybe isn't the biggest, hugest, but S- Steve job with like the intersection mm-hmm. of calligraphy and design and computing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Einstein with the fact that he loved algorithms, but experimenting, but philosophy, but writing, I- I'm worried that as a society, we're becoming way too compartmentalized. It's like, you're an attorney, be an attorney. Mm-hmm. You're a doctor, be a doctor. And we get uncomfortable when there are humans that want to be multidimensional. Yep. And I think that's a huge problem. And I think there is something incredible that happens when you take something as disparate as finance and fashion mm-hmm. and business building and social media and blogging and put them all together. You're just a much more interesting human and, mm-hmm. and people gravitate to that, no? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I feel like, yeah, that's one thing that I've been kind of not struggling, but um, realizing it's like, yes, I'm, I'm personal finance. That is kind of my jam, but I'm so much more than that. I have so many more, you know, interests and hobbies and passions that I want to somehow integrate into my brand that I'm working on. So yeah, I totally absolutely get that. I, I feel like um, for millennials, a lot of people that I know that have side hustles, it is because they're like, I'm so much more than my day job. I need to express it outside. And so I, I, I hope it's, you know, you know, we're definitely going to be a generation that kind of keeps that going and moving and then it'll become kind of a normal thing. Oh yeah, you do that too. Cool. Instead of being like, wow, how do you have the time? Or why would you do that as well? I completely agree. But, you know, and, and I hope that you're right. And I think that you probably are and that it's becoming more normalized. But mm-hmm. I also think that we um, we as a society, like the way that we educate doesn't lend itself to that. You know, mm-hmm. we educate to having sort of one particular focus. Yep. And, and that can be problematic, I think. Um, so I think you're right. There's so much, it's so much easier to get information and to get educated and to learn different functions that I think eventually this will regress back to the mean and multidimensional will be more normalized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I certainly hope so. That's for sure. <laughs> um, Agreed. Now- before I let you go, um, I want to kind of pick your brain and find out some 
tips you've, you know, have accomplished a lot, um, for such a young woman. Um, and I would love to know what are some of your, you know, tidbits of, of advice for people listening to this right now that you would love to, you know, give, whether it's someone who's like considering, you know, quitting their job to, you know, follow their passion, start a side hustle or just, yeah, explore the other dimensions, um, you know, aside from their day job, what, what, from your experience, what would you like to tell them? Sure. I'm first of all, I think if you could take away one one thing from today, mm-hmm. it would be that the easiest thing that you could do right now, mm-hmm. and we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, mm-hmm. is is it costs nothing. There's no yep. capex. There's no upfront uh, needed to go out and start a web, get a website. website. Mm-hmm. J- just put your personal brand out there. You don't have to know what it is. You don't have to define it, but go out, buy your name or some variation of it mm-hmm. as a domain, use Squarespace or Wix or one of these sites and create a personal website. And then start allowing yourself the luxury of speaking about the things that you're passionate on and putting it out in the universe. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty much 100% positive something will come of that. If you actually take that one step, I think you're in the 1%. So that would be the very first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you have to know exactly what it is or exactly what you want it to be. You can let it sort of define itself and then get more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, the If I could do one thing for every human that is in their search, and I don't think it has to be youthful humans or mm-hmm. could be any age, um, is for you to take some time. And like, I have this exercise that I do with when I go and speak at universities and I make all the kids in the room and they're snickering and, you know, laughing at me and whatever. And I make them all close their eyes and I make them visualize the last time that they were in labor towards something. So they were working on something and They weren't getting paid for it. But remember the last time they were laboring on something that they absolutely loved. And they just, for some reason, felt like that moment was so perfectly right. And some people say that you feel like you're vibrating, which is maybe a little new agey. Mm -hmm. But um, I know when my fingers stroke the keyboard and when I start to write and I get in a flow state and get to let my you know, very confused mind up above sort of flow out of me and into the keyboard, like something magic happens. And that is just, I know that that is something that I was meant to do. Mm -hmm. And so if you can take the time, 15 minutes to sit back and think about all those times that you felt so deliciously right in the pursuit of something, in the action of something, and then ask yourself, why? Was it because you were outside in nature? Was it because you were engaging with another human in some philosophical debate that you just loved? Was it that you were able to take out your garbled thoughts and put them to paper? Um, Or or was it, you know, movement and endorphins and physical activity that got you going? Mm -hmm. But what I would say is if if every human took the time to find the things that fueled them that don't have to be one-fold, they could be multidimensional, and spend their lives in the pursuit of it, I, I, I just couldn't imagine what kind of world we would have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Cody, for taking this time to chat with me. And I hope people take your advice and, and, and do that right after listening. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for having me, Jessica. It was such a pleasure. 
And that was episode 107 with the wonderful Cody Sanchez. Make sure to uh, check out the show notes. I'm going to put a lot more information about Cody in there, jessicamorales.com slash 107. And of course, visit her own website, codysanchez.com. She's got a lot of great stuff. She also has a podcast that you can find on iTunes called The Struggle Isn't Real. Love that name. Uh, But again, I'm going to link all that stuff uh, in the show notes. So make sure to just go to jessicamorez.com slash 107 for all of that goodness. Now, before I let you go, there are two things that I want to tell you. First, I highly recommend that you sign up to my mailing list because I have some very special exciting news to announce uh, come Monday. I've been working like a fiend and I will explain why, what the big project I have been working on um, tirelessly since January. So if you sign up to my mailing list, you will get that news first, first, first. And it's, uh, it's pretty big. I'm pretty excited about it. So how you do that? Well, I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. But of course, the easiest way to do it is just go jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe. So once again, jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. You'll get on the list to find out all the juicy details. Uh, secondly, I have a fabulously nice uh, podcast review that I would like to do a little shout out for uh, right now. Green Tea YYZ from Canada uh, says, I can't stop and wonder, did Jessica and Josh find that house they were looking for? <laughs> okay, that's the best podcast review title ever. Um, and the review is, I came across the Mo Money podcast when I was looking for something more about uh, Canadian, Torontonian, uh, something I can relate to, learn and use in my daily life. I love the first and most recent episode that I downloaded, so I started to binge listen uh from the very first over the past weekend jessica is so smart and funny perhaps uh she is the carrie bradshaw in the finance blogging sphere i can't wait to know she saved enough money for that house that she was looking for well i think i don't know what episode you're on but you'll eventually find out i mean there's a lot of episodes so i i get why you haven't uh found that out but yes me and josh have uh been able to save up uh that money we went house hunting in the summer we found a place we bought a place in August and uh we've been here for like geez over six months now oh my gosh oh my gosh way more than that it's May what so yeah so surprise spoiler alert we did buy that house (laughs) so thank you so much green tea yyz for that lovely review um and thank you so much for listening if you want to get a shout out on a future episode make sure to just leave me an itunes review super easy and then i'll i'll basically talk to you through the airwaves and we'll have a lot of fun um yeah that's really it for me thanks again for listening and joining me for this episode of the mo money podcast i will see you back here next wednesday for a fresh new episode. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.